Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Let's lift our hands and just praise Him. Thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the redemptive work that Jesus did for us today. Thank you, Lord, that righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that uh, healing, miracles, signs and wonders, provision in every way, wholeness in everything that we need is here now in this place for this time. Father, we thank you that signs and wonders will be wrought in the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise for what you are doing here today, what you have done in the past. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's remain standing. And David, let's sing, He's All I Need. You know, I want you to know something today, that no one in here, and listen to this carefully, no one here today needs a healing. No one here needs a healing. You don't need a healing. You need the healer. Praise God. If you have the healer, you have all that you need. He's all I need. Amen. He's all. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. Wow. I'm just expecting it's a, it's a, it's a privilege and an honor to, to be here. I so appreciate Pastor George and Terry for inviting me. And, uh, and uh, it's just always an honor and a privilege to be here with this great ministry uh, in every form that it takes and all that God is doing. And we've just been hearing the amazing testimonies and reports of, uh, of, of the, the Spirit here, the anointing, the power of God, what's been just being poured out. People are receiving healings and miracles. In fact, I was speaking to uh, Pastor Terry uh, over the phone uh, uh, even this morning, and she was telling me that last Sunday, I believe, a Sunday night, I think it was in the service, uh, a man, uh, a, a person, I don't know if it was a man or a woman, I didn't quite remember the details, but someone had actually, uh, for all, all that we know, dropped dead in the lobby or somewhere. Does, does anyone know about that? Or is, was that right in the, in the, in the foyer? And I, I was thinking about that. I thought, well, if you were going to drop dead, if you decided to drop dead, that perhaps it would be good to do it in a church that believes in raising the dead. <laughs> 
There's a lot of churches you could drop dead and uh, they could just go right into the main service and it would be the normal funeral they have. You know, you go in some places and and it's such a, you know, you can't tell the difference. The only way you tell the difference between Sunday morning and a funeral is if there's a, a body down front. You know, did they suffer long? You know, was it was it difficult? So, uh, praise God. You know, I thought, well, if you were going to pick a church to kind of croak over in, this would be a good one because then, you you know, you could be assured they would they would raise you up, at least raise you up and ask you if that's what you wanted or not. You know, <laughs> hallelujah. But I'll tell you, you know, a, a little humor there. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Amen. Wonderful. And I understand the prayers were prayed and the person was, 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 uh, was uh, you know, resuscitated in some way. God just touched them and, uh, and, and opened that. You know, I was, I was in a church many years ago uh, in, um, I think we were in Jackson, Mississippi. And I was walking along and there was this woman there. You know, she's just walking along. All of a sudden she drops dead. Just complete, you know, right in the... Right in the sidewalk and, and the, somebody knew her and said, well, she'd had these problems and, you know, health issues. And, and so now she's, you know, here she is. And I said, what do we do? And I said, well, we raise her up for God's sakes, you know. You know, these are supposed to be word people. Well, what do we do? Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, I have no clue what to do. Well, we, you know, we should know what to do. Praise God. We, we've been preaching the word and believing God to do great things. You know, God's power is always available. Anyway, I'm going to make this real easy for you today. Hallelujah. You know, healing is easy. This is, this is what I want to tell you about. Healing is easy. And, uh, I think we've made it hard. And, and again, like I said earlier, no one here is in need of a healing, only a healer. Now listen to this. When, when the healer is in the house, healing is inevitable. Because the Bible says, anybody remember the Bible? Did you bring that? The Bible says that uh, everywhere, without exception, everywhere Jesus went, he was doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Everywhere he went, he was doing good and healing. So if Jesus is here, and how many know that he's here? Praise God. He's here because he's in each of us, and he's here indwelling our praises and our worship, and the Spirit of God is here. And so if the healer is in the house, healing and miracles and whatever else you need, favor, uh, anything on your agenda, on your list, is available for you today. Amen? And so we're just going to see. I've just got some ideas. We're going to see what God's going to do. Hallelujah. So please don't be in a rush. Praise God. Be the first one out. Beat the Baptist to the cafeteria. Praise God. They won't run out of food. You'll be fine. Praise the Lord. Well, we make faith difficult. We do. God doesn't. We do. Brother Hagin said one time that... Um, the problem with faith is it's such a simple proposition that very few can attain to it. <laughs> Sounds like an ironic statement, but, uh, you know, when he said that, I thought, well, that is absolutely true. We make it hard. God's not made it hard. 
Now, here's what I want to tell you about it. God's already done the hard work. I said, God's already done the hard work. Jesus has done the hard work. Jesus paid the price. Amen. All that's needed to be done for your healing, for your miracle, for whatever it is you need from the Lord, it's already been done. Don't everybody shout at once over that. He's paid it all. That's why we can sing with confidence. He's all I need. He's all I need. Hallelujah. People come in and say, well, the doctors can't do anything for me. Well, I hate to say this. I almost want to say, well, good. Makes it more simple that way. I'll tell you some testimonies. Well, you got your Bibles there? Did you bring that? We'll decide to read that from that today instead of other things. Reader's Digest. Front page of the Dallas whatever. All right. Mark 2.1. And Brother Gene said he said y'all too much. I turned to Mary Lou. I said, well, what's wrong with that? We all say y'all. Paul said all y'all. I think somewhere. In case you don't know what that means, that's everybody. Y'all is just a few group. All y'all's everybody. Amen. Well, it's good for all y'all. All right. Mark 2, 1. You there? You found it? It's in the New Testament for those of you still searching. Praise the Lord. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised that he was in the house. And straight, what did I tell you? The healer is in the house. If the healer is in the house, healing is inevitable. Well, you think Jesus will show up? You know, folks wonder. And then the least little thing, he gets mad and leaves. I've often said before, no wonder we have a problem, believe in God. We've got Jesus depressed. He needs counseling. He's just distraught. I mean, I've been to these meetings. He's distraught over all the sin and the sadness in the world. Jesus is weeping. They've even got paintings of him weeping. We've got weeping Jesus, sad, depressed, needs counseling. The Holy Spirit's grieved. They sang the wrong song, maybe cried, somebody burped. The lighting was bad. There was sin in the camp. Now, I'll tell you how to get rid of the sin in the camp. Get rid of all the people and you don't have any anymore. A lot of pastors, that seems to be their goal. Clear out the church. It'll be clean then. Well, there's sin in the camp. God can't do anything. So now we got grieved Holy Ghost. We've got sad Jesus, grieved Holy Ghost, and God's just mad all the time. God's just itching. 
He's got his finger on the destruct button. He's just itching for the day of grace to be over so he can finally just finish off everybody. Well, no wonder we have problems. <laughs> then we're going to know, okay, who wants a healing after all that? And then, and then add on top of it, the preacher decides he needs to be real humble. So he gets up and tells you, you know, I'm a nothing. I'm a zero. I'm just God's messenger. God, you know, I'm not, I'm not anything. But, you know, if you think you can believe God after all that, just get on down here. We'll try to maybe collectively the body of Christ can pop open one blind eyeball. One. I think I see something. Hallelujah. I know I'm a shock this early in the morning, especially with an extra hour that you, you know, got sniveled away from you by somebody somewhere. I don't know who made that decision. Nobody likes this guy. Whoever did that. I'm giving a chance for some of you to find Mark, too, because I can see your. You're either looking for scripture or pray or playing words with friends. And the healer was in the house. I declare today the healer's in the house. Jesus is here. Hallelujah. You don't have any problems. Jesus is here. Straightway. Many were gathered together insomuch there was no room to receive them. I tell you, when the healer's in the house... And healings begin to flow and miracles start to happen. Uh, the seating gets slim. Praise God. Insomuch, there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as even about the door. He preached the word unto them. Praise God. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press... They uncut. That's not CNN. That was too many people. They uncovered the roof where he was. And when he had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Interesting, isn't it? You'd think that the pressing need is healing. Wait, no, I thought this was the healing meeting. Will, now, will there be actual healings at the healing meeting? I've wondered that sometimes. Uh, he says, the, thy sins, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain... Now, isn't, I, I said, isn't that interesting? That he starts off with that. He's got something really profound he's going to say that we're going to build off of for this service today. Amen. Does anybody in here need anything from God? Does anybody in here need the situation to change? Does anybody in here need God's divine intervention 
in the natural way this thing is going for you. I've been there, kind of lived there, seems like sometimes. Thank God His mercies are new every morning. Now, I thank God for our heritage. We talk about it. And you'll get a sense of that from me at some point. But, you know, we were sitting watching the video of uh, Brother Robert's meeting. And uh, my family, were uh, they were in, and I as a child, we were in a lot of those meetings. Thank God. And uh, just normal. That was normal church for us. And uh, I, I pointed out to a brother uh, sitting next to me. I said, uh, that's Brother DeWeese there in the background, you know. He was the associate evangelist. Praise God. And uh, we were watching that. And I, I, you, you'll find no person in this auditorium that has more honor and respect for uh, our heritage. Thank God. Amen. For Brother Roberts. Thank God for the healing revival. Thank God for what God did in Pentecost back, uh, even as far back as more than a hundred years ago. We're, we're celebrating. Thank God. And commemorating, not so much celebrating, but commemorating what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. And we honor that and respect that. But let me tell you something about God. Hallelujah. While that's beautiful and wonderful and glorious, His mercies are new today as much as for then. Hallelujah. There has been no waning of God's power. There has been no tapering off of His anointing. There has been no uh, pulling back and a cooling off of His willingness to heal the tumors today. To heal the sick today to open the blind eyes today his mercies are new brand new every morning and everything god does has the spirit of increase on it and an increase if anything his power is greater today if anything his mercies are greater than they were yesterday hallelujah god never regresses Anything. Because sometimes we see that and long to be there. But praise God, I don't long to be there. I long to be here. And now, in this time, in this place, I am here to declare to you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has never changed. His power is not diminished. He is not weakened in any way. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because that is the truth. Hallelujah. He's all I need. That song just can't get it off. All right. All right. So he said this. He said, thy, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there. They're always everywhere. And... Probably got some today. And reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? 
Who can forgive sins but God only? And they didn't recognize who Jesus was. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why ye reason these things in your heart? Any reasoning that challenges what the Word of God says is a reasoning we can do without, folks. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why reason in your heart? And then we got this right here. Now, I told you the title of this message is Healing is Easy. We've made it hard. Boy, it got quiet in here. Lutheran Conference by the lake. And I said that. Let me tell you how evangelists preach. Evangelists preach different than anybody. If we find if we get on a nerve, we're happy. It's a little different. Because, you know, you know, you know, so, you know, sometimes other gifts, you know, they, 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 oh, well, you know, that wasn't received too well. We'll try to say it another way. No, evangelists want to find where the resistance is. And then, once, once we find it, and the good way to tell is when the whole place goes dead quiet, you go, aha! I have found the nerve! Just going to get on it and grind a while. I said, healing is easy. Because God has done the hard part. Jesus has done the hard part. So he says this, whether, ah, I love this, whether is it easier to say? Easier. Everybody say easier. easier. Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know, that you may know, we're going to know this today, that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. It's all the same redemptive work. There's not one redemptive work for righteousness, another one for healing, another one for prosperity. And I got to develop my faith in all three areas. And I hope I live long enough to get all that developed. To be honest with you, oh boy, here we go. I discovered that it's sometimes my faith that's gotten in the way of God's blessing. It's my faith that's gotten in the way of God's blessing. Because my faith, I tell you what, no, I've been working on my faith for 30 years. I've been really building and studying the Word and been quoting everything and confessing everything. And I tell you, I've been building my faith and here it is. And my faith is going to work. And I'll tell you. And all I can do is just, just continually work on my faith project. And I'll tell you what, God's here saying, it's easier than that. It's easier than that. It's easier than that. Hallelujah, the whole simple idea of faith 
is that I simply choose to believe that what God says He has done, He has done. Hallelujah. If He said, if Jesus uttered the words, it is finished, it's finished. Preach, Brother David. I got about four sanctified people in here. Everybody else has gone Presbyterian. We love them too, but I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Hallelujah. God loves Presbyterians and Lutherans. Some Lutherans, anyway. All right. They're always the brunt. All right. Now, uh, whether it's easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven, or to say, arise, sick of thy bed, and walk. But you may know, say, I know, I know this, that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise. This isn't difficult. You don't need to know the Greek word for arise. It means get up. The, 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 the Greek word for arise means get up. It might sound like baklava, but it actually just means get up. My church is in a Greek town. And I got this woman, 92 years old, sits on the front row, and she, she, she reads the Greek Bible, checks me out, you know. And one day I made the foolish mistake of God was going to say a Greek word, and she told me, you're pronouncing it wrong. So I said, well, I'm not going to do that anymore, because I'm pronouncing it wrong. The Greek word for arise means get up. This is as deep as you need to get. If you want to get deep on certain Bible subjects, just have at it. Enjoy. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, where it comes to redemption, there's nothing deep about it. And there's nothing secret. And there's nothing hidden. And there's nothing so deep that only the, the deep people can get it. I'm telling you, it's simple. Jesus paid the price, shed his blood, died on the cross, rose again, and said, come and dine. Thank God it's that simple. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the ministry. Because I'm not deep. I'm just a gospel preacher. I loved it when I found what Paul said. I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I thought, okay, I can do that. We'll leave all the rest of it to the deep people. I love deep people. I'm impressed with them. They sit and they have, a, they have more scriptures than I knew were in there. And I'm going, God, where did you find that? It's amazing. I wish I could do, you know, something like that. But uh, I'm just out here yelling, it's easy! (laughs) You're going to have to go to other people for deep things. But 
you know what? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get you saved and healed. After that, you're on your own. Figure it out. I don't know. People come to me. You know, Pastor, what does this mean? I say, I don't have any clue. I don't know. I don't know. Look, Google it. You know, with the advent of Google, we could just shut down all counseling departments. Because if somebody has a problem, they just Google and they have all kinds of answers. All right. Now, I don't know what to tell you. But I know this. All right. So, uh, <laughs> arise, take up thy bed and walk. Is that easier? He said to, he, but that you may know. That's where we're at. We're stuck there. We've, I've been stuck a week on one word in this. So, you know, this is good. We get through the, today. That you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise. Take up your bed and go thy way into thine house. How deep is that? Not very deep. The guy got it. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Now, I want you to turn to Matthew 11.30, and then I'm going to tell you some testimonies, and then I don't know what we're going to do. But it's going to be great. Because God doesn't do slop. Turn to Matthew 11, and let's begin reading at verse 28. What did I tell you? Healing is easy. Healing is easy because Christ already did the hard part. Our, our, our part, which is faith in His finished work, is easy. The Bible tells us we who have believed do enter into rest, not enter into complications. We who do believe enter into complications. We believe, we who have believed to enter into rest. Paul told us, let us now labor to enter into the rest. You ready to just fall back and rest? I've been fighting the fight. Okay. Well, let's rest in Him. Can you say amen? Jesus again, which is easier to say. Now look at Matthew 11.30. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about Paul and his thorn. And then we're going to tell you some testimonies. Is that good? You enjoying this? You'd rather be here in the best insane asylum in the state of Texas? Or did they shut those down? They did in Florida and they let them all out. All right. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Run away, run away. Okay. Come unto me, all ye that labor. 
Oh my gosh, the scripture's hysterical. <laughs> That's like 90% of the church, ain't it? <laughs> Come unto me, all you that labor. Brother David, I just tell you, we're just working so hard in ministry, and we're just trying to do everything the Lord's called us to do, and you know, and fulfill our calling. And trying to find the perfect will of God, contending for the glory, and I tell you. <laughs> Trying to get as many souls into the kingdom before the end comes. I don't know. I just, it's just all we can do just to keep up and run and to do everything God's called us to do. I tell you. <laughs> We're just trying to catch our breath. Well, you qualify for verse 28 then. <laughs> It's like people, people try, you know, they say they're trying to walk in holy. I'm trying to live a holy life. I'm trying to do everything God says to do. I'm trying to keep the word. I'm trying to resist sin. And I just said, well, why don't you stop it all in the name of Jesus? Just rest. He did it. He paid it. He canceled it. What about sin? I'm glad you brought that up. Mine was canceled. <laughs> if you need some more for your list, you can have mine. Praise God. If it'll help you. All right. Come unto me. You know what? I was doing a tent meeting a hundred years ago. <laughs> Feels like. <laughs> In Minnesota. And I got up to preach like this. I had a plexiglass pulpit also. Because Brother Copeland had one, and I said, well, i got to be that cool, so I ordered me one in my tent. Kind of mixing some cultures there. Had, I had a Hammond organ and a plexiglass pulpit, praise the Lord. So we had Pentecost and then Word of Faith. In the same, in the same meeting, you know. So <laughs> I got off the organ bench from playing, you know, wild Pentecostal power in the blood song. And then I'd get up and go to the pulpit and preach. So I'm singing Pentecostal and preaching the word of faith. 
If I go up to preach, I'm going to have a healing service. I go up to preach and I, I start. I didn't mean to tell this, but it just, just seems the, the way we're going. I don't know. We'll just go with the flow today. So I got up to preach. And, and every time I'd open my mouth, I would just laugh like a hyena. And I'd shut my mouth because this is weird. And I'm thinking, David, you've got to get serious. There's, I mean, there's people there with cancer. <laughs> And I knew because the pastor had told me, now, <laughs> he said, now there's a guy here coming tonight and they brought him in, you know, it's a serious case. He's got a brain tumor and, you know, he's a young man, his brain tumor is a doctor's son, you know, and brain tumor and, and it's serious. And, and I knew it was a serious service. We got serious people with serious problems. <laughs> And I'm going to be really serious about getting, really serious about getting this, these people healed. Another young man was there. He had epilepsy so bad and had these grand mal seizures. You know, how many know about that? And, and you know, it was a serious thing. <laughs> serious. These are serious. Other people were there with all kinds of crutches and other apparatus. Apparati. Pastor George and Terry, if you're watching this, I'm so sorry. I really had better intentions. You know, you get booked in a nice church, you want everything to go well. We'll get serious cases in this tent meeting. You know, I mean, there's, you know, brain tumors. <laughs> Some lady has, you know, five minutes to live or something. I don't know. All kinds of. And the pastor told me, now, these are our members and this is what's happening. So tonight, so, you know, we need to really have a good miracle service. These people are coming expecting. Yes, yes. And I knew this and I knew it on the way from the organ to the pulpit, the plexiglass one. And and, uh, I, I, and, I, and I've got a nice message on something. I don't know, a woman with the issue of blood or some other standard. And, uh, and so I, I, you know, fall back on healing scripture, Mark 5.25. So I, 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 I'm heading, you know, I'm gonna, and I have the best of intentions to preach. And I'm not, there, I'm not la- there's nothing funny about any of it. It's very serious. And the minute I open my mouth, I'm going, I, I, I open my mouth to read the scripture and, I, and out comes. <laughs> and I, I, I quickly shut my mouth. And I'm, oh, no, that's not right. This is a healing meeting, not a joy dispensing revival type thing. Flow, wrong flow.
wrong flow. This is supposed to be healing. I always thought Oral Roberts was so cool because, you know, he's so polished and everything's so cool. And, uh, you know, so, you know, so dignified. And then I'm going to have a healing service and I go up and go <laughs> like a nut, like a nut, like a you know, person that needs counseling. <laughs> he's gone too far without it. Look at what he's gone. He's lost his marbles. And the pastor just told me brain tumor, grand mal seizures, you know, all kinds of things, cancer. And I'm going, okay, well, we're, we're, praise God, you know, God, God's going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really good in the back room. God's going to do it. Hallelujah. You know, I've got a serious, sober face on. Yes, we're concerned. I can do concerned. So, you know, and I'm truly concerned. And I want to have these things happen. That's why I got a tent, you know, and everything. So, <clears throat> we're also going to preach the words, hence the plexiglass pulpit. So I said, well, praise God, you know, uh, God's going to do it tonight. And I just believe we're going to have a great service. I get up there and laugh like a nut. <laughs> and then, then it's, you know, and then it's like, I'm thinking, David, stop. There's people dying of cancer in this tent right now. You know, and I know, I know, I know. So I'm like, okay, get it together. Get it together. Praise the Lord. You know, let's just worship. Hallelujah. Everybody's worshiping. I'm like, okay, get, get my breath. I'm going to preach. I open my mouth. <laughs> well, I decided, okay, God doesn't want preaching tonight. So I said, forget that. That ain't going to happen. So I just finally got it together enough to say, well, I guess if you need a miracle, come running down here, you know. So so here they all come, you know, I mean, all kinds of people in all kinds of conditions. They come down front and uh, I go to the first lady and, <laughs> and I said, what have you come for? She says, like, I got six months to live and I, and I just bursted out laughing in her face. And she looked so puzzled, and I just, you know, touched her, and she hit the deck or whatever. <laughs> the modesty team gets into motion, you know. <laughs> They're excited because they finally have an opportunity to serve the Lord in this way. Oh, good. I've trained for this. I've been in, I've been in training for, for weeks, you know, to throw the cloth, you know. Just saying. Amen. You know, God <laughs> does not want us to be all encumbered and burdened 
and, you know, thriving. That song, kind of a newer hymn that we sing in Christ alone, one of the, one of the lines in one of the verses says, when strivings cease. I think today would be a good day for that to happen. I'm really believing God for my healing, I tell you. Give up! Quit! Stop! We used to sing an old song, David knows it, you know, give up and let Jesus take over. Imagine that. Well, I'm afraid if I give up, I don't know what will happen. Well, if you, you, you know, if you give up, maybe God can just help you. Verse 28, Matthew 11, you forgot about it. Who's Matthew? All right. Come unto me, all ye that labor. We're holding on, brother. Okay, that's you. He's talking to you. And are heavy laden. And I will give you more to do. We're reporting, Jesus. We're ready for our assignment. Okay, here's your assignment. Rest. What? I will give you what? Rest. Wow, these are cool words. How many would like to retire from striving? Let's have a retirement party today. (laughs) I just thought it was a good idea. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. Now, you can't wear two yokes at once. There's no room. So if you're going to wear his yoke, you've got to get rid of yours. That you've built. Look at this fine yoke. I carved it myself. <laughs> For I am... Give up my yoke. I've been working on this my entire Christian life. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find more to do. A deeper list. A greater. <laughs> I've been to services. They said, uh, I said, what, what, what are we doing here? We're going deeper and higher, brother. And I'm thinking, well, that don't, those two don't go together. Because we're doing splits for Christ, you know. I got one. I got one leg going deeper, and the other one going higher. And at my age, that becomes more difficult. The older I get, the easier I want it to all be. <laughs> Can anybody say amen? I ain't looking for anything harder. 
Anything I can press a button and make it happen, I'm happy. Oh, praise God. Automation is the way to go. I think now you can sit with your remote controls and you can mow your grass and vacuum your rug and just sit there. This is great. Uh, you shall find rest for your souls for my yoke. So if his is easy, anything I make is going to be hard. So his is easy. I want his. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Jesus did the hard part. Now, I think years ago we, we talk about, again, reviewing these videos. Uh, it goes fits right in here. In uh, earlier days of Pentecost, I think people had a more simple faith in many ways. There's a misnomer about that among some folks that believe that Pentecostal people had no faith. They just 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 showed up and got wild and then things happened. God, out of his mercy, sovereignly just blessed them. But no, we understood some things about faith. Amen. I think our faith was just pretty simple. My mother, for example, was healed of terminal cancer. She had terminal cancer in 1954. Now, we're going to get to some interesting things here. And uh, but she was she was healed of terminal cancer in 1954. My father was pastoring a, a church, smaller church uh, in the Atlanta area. And uh, my mom was 22 years old. I wasn't born yet. My sister was three. And uh, my mom went to her her doctor, uh, you know, for a routine, a routine checkup, an examination. And uh, when they examined her body, the doctor saw a little something, a little growth that he didn't like the looks of it. And he said, uh, I'm going to just remove this and a real simple procedure, send it off to the lab, see what comes back. It's probably nothing, but we should test it. Well, it came back melanoma. And he said, well, that was that was my concern. It looked like it to me, but I didn't want to say. Sent it off, came back melanoma. And uh, not only that, then they started doing testing. You know, they didn't have all the CAT scans and things they have now. But they did the testing and examine just just a just a visual examination of her body head to toe. Found she had 49 of them had spread all over her body. They removed, they did 49 separate surgical procedures on my mother, too. They removed, and you can see still, you know, in her palms of her hands, there's the little scars. They gouged them out of her hands and, and off the bottoms of her feet from her scalp all over, covered in melanomas. Can you imagine that? They gave her just a few weeks to live. You can imagine with that kind of thing. In those days, they didn't have some of the cures and, quote, Cures and whatever that they have now. So they basically sent her home to die. Said there's no hope. Well, she didn't even, she, all she knew was the simple faith. I think we need to get back to some of this simple faith. All she knew was just to talk to Jesus about it. That's all she knew. So she did. And she, here was her prayer. It wouldn't be approved in some places. This would be an unapproved prayer. She said, well, Jesus, if you've got anything more, she said, if you've got anything more for me and my husband to do in the ministry, she's 22, dear God, uh, then uh, I ask you to heal me, let me live. 
I'd also like to, on a personal note, she says, I'd like to live long enough to raise my daughter. And uh, she said, uh, but uh, otherwise I'm willing to come home. That's what you want. But, you know, this is what I'd like. Well, that's not a really great prayer. We don't like, we word of faith people don't like prayers like that. We don't like prayers that leave, you know, have, that, you know, that leave other options open. We don't like those prayers. No, those are not right prayers. Don't pray that. Don't. <laughs> I used to be so uptight about all that. You know, thank God. You know, when I, when I got a revelation of grace and righteousness and the finished work of the cross, I got so un-uptight, you can't imagine. It's like, you know, God looks on the heart. And, 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 you know, sometimes we just say it's so perfect and get it so right. And us, you know, the, you know, I mean, can't, uh, 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 uh. and then then it doesn't work. And then we're really like confused. Well, I did everything I was supposed to do. I know that part. I know. Her. And my mom just prays this unapproved prayer. You know, it's not a good prayer. You know, and she says, well, she says, you know, that's it. But it was her heart. Well, uh, you know, later on that night, a uh, person dressed in white was standing beside her bed on the 8th floor, Crawford Long Hospital in Atlanta, standing there and said, uh, Daughter, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. Turned around and went through the wall out the window. Now, when she saw the person go out the window, she knew it was somebody spiritual. And then she later figured out, well, it had to be Jesus because an angel wouldn't call her daughter. Jesus did. So he heard her prayer and came and healed her. Praise God. Well, she was healed of that. Then they told her, I'm getting somewhere, believe it or not. You getting anything out of this? Then they told her. Oh, do you want to know what happened in the tent meeting where we laughed at everybody? The guy with the brain tumor, his tumor disappeared. Was healed. The guy with the grand mal seizures, he was healed that night. The woman with the cancer, she was healed and had it confirmed. And all kind. I think we had something like 25, 30 separate instant manifestations in a laughing in the prayer line meeting. It was the easiest healing meeting I ever did. Well, now we didn't start a laugh at the cancer, you know, crusade revivals incorporated. Hit the road with that. No, it's that, you you know, you'd go every now and then have something like that happen. You never know. We're not going to make a doctrine out of it. The only doctrine we have is between the two flaps of this. So we're not going to make a doctrine out of an experience. But we just, God has a way. God in this service has a way to heal you. Thank you for that one amen. Everybody else is Presbyterian. So, uh, my mom's healed and they told her later, they said, well, this cancer was the principal part of it was in her reproductive system. They told her, you'll never have any more children, so you just discount that. She said, well, you told me I wouldn't live either, and here I am, so. (laughs) 
So I ain't taking that. So I'm going to believe God for a son. He's going to preach the gospel. That's what all Pentecostal mamas said. I'm going to have a son. He's going to preach the gospel. He's going to be a tent preacher. And so they all said back then. So my, my, my mom says this. And sure enough, she conceives. And it's me, yours truly, praise the Lord. Three years later. Now, now my mother, now my mother, uh, she, she's, she, she, uh, she gives birth to me and uh, all, all just routine. When they were examining her body, you know, just to make sure everything's the way it should be. Uh, after my birth, they said, uh, we are so puzzled. If we, if you, if we weren't here for the delivery of this baby, we would have never believed you birthed this baby. She said, why? She said, they said, you don't have any womb. Said, your womb is a little shriveled up, like a little shriveled up potato. Said, there's nothing there. I don't know where you carried this baby. She said, well, I don't care. I told my wife, it proves I'm an alien. <laughs> Something weird happened. <laughs> but no, it was, a, it was a miracle of God. We just believed the miracle. So, I told you those stories to tell you this. My mother and our, our family and, and the people that we associated with, you know, our group, we, we just had a simple faith like that. Amen. Sure, we had a lot of problems with our doctrine, but we had, when it came to just believe in God, we just, well, we're just going to pray. We're just going to believe God. God will do it. Our God is a great God. He's a miracle God. Just, just simple stuff. Really easy things. So we got to the place that, you know, whatever doctors said and whatever the circumstances were, we didn't care much about it. We just thought, well, that's what you say. Thanks for your report. But we're going to go. We, we, we know a higher power and we know a better report. And we're going to go with that. That's what we're going to do. So I grew up in a home where panic and frantic were not a part of my life. I don't know what that's like when people go into frantic. I just kind of stand there like, why are they upset? God's on the throne. Jesus, we have Him. We have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that there's not a time to be concerned or to, you know, to kick into action and all that. But you know, where, where's all this worry coming from? Where's all this fear that it's not gonna manifest? Where's all this concern that it might not happen? I don't understand that. I still don't understand it. I didn't grow up with that. If you did, I'm sorry. But I didn't. Praise the Lord. And so, so my mother, we, she would take me as a child or my sister, my mo- my father, mother to the doctor or something for something. And if the doctors could help us, well, fine. We weren't against that. But you know, if they got to a place where couldn't do a whole lot, we didn't care. It's like, fine. We got Jesus. Hallelujah. So we knew, we knew, we didn't know panic. So here's the story. You know, Pastor Terry, uh, had reminded me of this story and, Thought it might might work today, and I said, "Yeah, praise God, it works exactly with what with what we have," and uh, and I want to share this with you. 
Because because I don't know what reports you've guys. Anybody here been given some bad news? Prognosis. That's a, that's a scary word. Prognosis. That's the prognosis. It rhymes with frog. Gnosis or frog. What's the frog? What's the frog? Frog. Frog. She says. So I. We don't care. <laughs> you know who we serve? We serve the God of all flesh, who said. Is there anything too hard for me? God's not impressed with your cancer diagnosis. Well, I'm in stage 72 and uh, God didn't care. I'm the God of all flesh. So, see if there's anything too hard for me. Why don't you just try to try me and see what you what you think you've got so big, so scary. So what? So, my father, my father had been, a, he, he was a state overseer for a denomination and uh, in the state of New Mexico. And uh, he was, he, you know, he was, the doctor told him, you're burning the candle at both ends, man. And he said, uh, you know, you, I, you, you know, you got some circulatory system issues here and everything, and I don't like what I'm hearing. And he says, you know, you need to slow down. You know, you could you could literally have a heart attack or whatever just driving down the road, because they had our, our our church. We had I don't know 20, 25 churches in the state. My dad's driving every Sunday on those long, lonely roads. The further west you go, the further the towns get apart. And uh, you know, he's just driving across. You know, this is in the 60s. He's driving from church to church and coming in, you know, three o'clock in the morning just to be with us 24 hours and then back out there. And he's he's doing what the doctor said. Anybody ever heard that term burning the candle at both ends? You know, he's got to come to it. That, that, that doesn't last forever. So one day he had, he was home. I'm walking through the house on the beige carpet. Every parsonage had beige carpet so that when the next people come, their stuff will match. I didn't know there was any carpet other than beige for years. If it's carpet, it's beige. Praise God, so everything matches. So, no matter what color you bring, with your recliner and your TV. So, anyway, I'm walking across the beige carpet. I can still see it. And uh, my dad, who was kind of formal in the way he, you know, he always had on a suit. We go to Disneyland, he's wearing a suit. Dad, we're at Disneyland. Why are you wearing a suit? Well, in case I run into any church people that know me, I gotta have on a represent Jesus, you know. I said, but you're the only dad here in a suit. They think you, you know, you're a manager or something. They'd ask him questions. How do we get to the castle? Well, you go. Because he looks like he works there. So he's laying on the floor. On his back, with a tie on, and a suit, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and my dad wasn't casual enough. He never would take a nap on the floor. 
be in the bedroom with the door shut and everything. And I'm thinking, huh, he's never on the floor like that. I'm about eight. I walk over and I go, hmm, he looks dead to me. <laughs> this is the truth. I've never been taught to panic. And I said, he looks really dead. I think he's dead. I'm going to see. And I had watched enough TV to know what to do to test dead people. So I, you know, I, 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 I put my ear to see if there's any, you know, in front of his face, uh, you know, any air coming out. I put my head on uh, ear on his chest and there's no heartbeat, nothing. He's white as a sheet. And I'm thinking, yeah, I think he's dead. I think that's it. He's he has croaked. That's it. The man's dead. So I stand. My mom's in the kitchen washing dishes. With her dress on her house dress. She couldn't wear pants and go to hell for that. <laughs> Later, they decided you, you wouldn't go to hell for that, but we had to wait for them to decide. <laughs> the deciders had to decide. So she's got on a dress with sleeves. God hates armpits, too. <laughs> Go to hell for showing those. <laughs> so she's washing dishes. She's got on an apron over the dress, you know, a little frilly thing. And she's in there washing dishes. This is pre-dishwasher days. She's the dishwasher. And so she's washing the dishes, you know, from lunch or something. And, and I walk in and find my dad in this condition. How many want to hear what happened in this story? So I said, uh, I stood up and I said, Mama, Daddy dropped dead in the living room. God is my witness. She said, all right, I'll be there in a minute. This is what simple faith looks like. And it was a minute. It was a while. And I'm standing here like this, looking at him. She comes in, she's, she's wiping her hands on that apron, you know. And she walks in and she's, you know, her dress, you know. My mom's dress. I can see my mom vacuuming in that dress, you know. That dress. So my mom comes in there and she says, puts her hands on her hips, you know, and drying her hands. Yeah. David, he looks dead to me, too. And I said, well, what are we going to do? She said, well, we'll just have to raise him up. Because if he thinks he's going to leave us out here in New Mexico. To... Uh, to oversee these churches as if they would let her do that, you know. 
They would never have let her do that. Said, if he, if he thinks he's going to just leave us out here in New Mexico to, to oversee these churches, he's just crazy. I don't know why he thinks he can just leave. We didn't want to be there anyway. They had no trees. We're from Georgia where there's trees and things. And water. We're out there where it looks like the moon, there's rocks on the dirt. You can see the dirt. There's no grass. So she says, well, she says, you know, we'll just have to raise them up. And I said, okay, what, what do we do? What, how, how are we going to do that? She goes, well, I'll just tell him wherever he is to get back here. So here's my mother's prayer. Doc Horton. Now, I don't know where you are, but wherever you are, you get back here right now in the name of Jesus. That was it. She looked at me and said, he'll be back in a minute. I can remember it like it's yesterday. And I stood there and all of a sudden he did death rattle in reverse. You know, and then color starts coming back and he's, his eyes roll back where they're supposed to be. And he kind of looks around and he said, what happened? My mom said, I think you died. Are you okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I think so. She said, well, good. Now, if you ever think about dying again and leaving us out here in this desert with these churches to run. Then she got upset at him, you know, for, for what makes you think you can just die? <laughs> so then she said, well, go on in there and take a shower. And because he's all sweaty and clammy and gross. When people die, they get really gross. So I said, go in there and clean up, you know, and put on a, some, his suit and other suits. And uh, we'll go to the doctor and see what ha- happened. That's the way we'd go to the doctor. We'd go to the doctor and see what happened after the miracle. <laughs> I'm telling you. So they go to the doctor. I'm, I'm waiting to see what they said. They came back. So what did the doctor say? He said, well... Said, well, we can tell, you know, they did a kind of test. Said, we can tell you've had a heart attack, but uh, somebody uh, put this adrenaline in your bloodstream and all these drugs and chemicals and things that are needed to, to, to revive people were in his bloodstream. They said, now, you must have had paramedics or ambulance service or somebody who helped you. How did you get here? She says, well, I drove him. Yeah, well, somebody, you know, must have stopped at the doctor's office because, you know, he's got all this stuff in his bloodstream. No. Well, what did you do? We just called on Jesus. That doctor looked at my mother and said, oh, you're some of them. And my mom raised her hand right in the office and said, yes, thank God we're some of them. Probably spoke in tongues. 
<laughs> when we spoke in tongues, it was like, you know, you know, peel the fur off the cat. You know, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't charismatic even. Heavenly prayer language. Are you kidding? Somebody, somebody was standing back in the church to get out a message in tongues and it was like, I know that I You know, it's like, <laughs> I'd just go on to the altar. I wouldn't wait for the call. I'm guilty. I'm going. <laughs> Holy gamoly. So this was the kind of faith we had, the kind we're going to have today. And um, my, my, so my mom, you know, wasn't long after that, I developed some kind of weird <laughs> growth on my, on my toe, on my left big toe. There was this, there was this like thing growing. I don't know what it was. They, they had a name for it. They have a name for it. They make up stuff if they have to. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's one of those, you know, and there's just some Latin word for it. And uh, so take takes me to the doctor and they said, well, we'll zap it with x-rays and all kinds of things. So they they zapped it, you know, and did everything they could. And they said, it's not changed. This thing, uh, it's one of these kind. I think they're making it up. He's I was, I'm telling you, they're making it up. As they go, practicing, said, uh, well, I think it's one of these times that just grows and uh, it's, there's nothing we can do. And so it's going to, you know, we see this somewhere, you know, somewhere strange and eastern somewhere and said uh, it's going to do that and probably have to wear, you know, a special shoes or, or, or whatever, you know. And uh, so that's it. So we go home. My mom sits me up on the edge of the bed. She takes my shoe and sock off and she looks me in the eye and she says, now, David, that doctor said there's nothing they can do, but I don't care. We've got Jesus. I'm going to curse this thing and I'm going to put your shoe and sock on and we ain't looking at it anymore. I said, all right. I thought everybody lived like that. Found out we were the weirdos. So, you know, she prayed, put it on. I don't know. I forgot about it. And one, and just one day, you know, I was walking around barefoot or something. My mom said, hey, your toe's normal. I said, oh, I guess so. I didn't. I don't know. Praise the Lord. So this is the way we were. Easy. Now, in 1959, Brother Roberts had his tent up in Jacksonville, Florida. And... Uh, my great grandma am I going too long? What is okay. I don't see any the countdown clock broke or something.
I know nobody told me. So, uh, I'm all, you know, we're getting somewhere. Don't worry. I'm aware of the stops on the train track. I gotta have to, have to have notes to keep me on track. I used to not preach with notes and now I realize I should have. I would have had better series. Other people are so organized. I'm trying to be organized. My, my, so my, my great grandmother, my great grandma, she was saved in 1911. That's the year before the Titanic went down. Sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and then swore to Jesus she'd never cut her hair. That's a, that was a nightmare later. I won't tell you that story. But, um, but in, it was part of her testimony. Saved, Satan, five filled the Holy Ghost and haven't cut my hair since 1911. All in the same breath. Since 1911. So, uh, anyway, 1959, Oral's brother Roberts has his tent up and my parents are involved in the meeting. They're there and, uh, my, my, uh, my dad, you know, pastored in, uh, um, in Augusta, Georgia in those days. So, uh, you know, some of the South Georgia pastors and so forth, um, you know, were from, from many miles around are sponsoring this tent meeting. So he's, you know, in the pastor's committee or whatever there. And so uh, my, my great-grandmother's there, my grandmother and, and my, my, my mom and dad and uh, me. But, you know, I'm two years old. So, so we're, we're sitting in the tent and um, he had to control the, the, the number of people, you know, try to control the number of people that you pray for each night. When you've got a tent, the tent in those days... You know, you could get you could end up with 20,000 people in the tent and on the grounds. The tent itself seated like 12,500 that particular edition. But then, you know, you had people outside. All the sides are up. Folks would bring their lawn chairs and things and sit around outside. So that was the culture. So uh, at any rate, my great grandmother, now she worked. She was still working in those years. She worked in a cotton mill in South Georgia. And she had so much time off to go to this tent meeting, and that was it. She had a train ticket bought to go from Jacksonville back up to uh, to somewhere in South Georgia there and get off and go home. And she had to make it because she had to be at her job the next morning. And so she could tell by the number. They're calling out healing line number cards. You know, and so if you've got this card, and, and it was quite something to get a card. You had to go to Brother DeWeese's class. Uh, you know, five, five uh, days, you had to go to five healing classes unless you were in the invalid tent. You've heard Brother Copeland talk about stopping there. Uh, they had separate rules for that. I won't go into that. But uh, but for, for the general healing line, you had to go. You couldn't even get a card unless you went to Brother DeWeese's afternoon healing class. And he used Brother Robert's book. This is way too much information, isn't it? He used Brother Robert's book, If You Need Healing, Do These Things. So they used that book, and then they would teach out of it and kind of how to, re- that when you get to Brother Robert's to lay hands on you, how to release your faith and how to work with it and get the best results. Amen? Praise God. <sighs> okay, so 
my Granny Hall is sitting there. We'll call her Granny Hall. It's her last name, Hall. Granny Hall is sitting there, and she's got her. She's got. Uh, she's believing God, and she's got a big old goiter like this on her neck, you know. And the doctors have already said the only way to get rid of it is surgery, and uh, you know, it's something with the thyroid. And said uh, whatever. She said, "Well, I don't want to do surgery. I'm just going to go to Brother Robert's meeting, and I'll get my healing." Well, she's there and she can tell by the, you know, she's been day after day after day. They're calling these card numbers and they can, she can tell they're not going to get to me before I have to get a cab, leave the tent grounds and go to the train station. Not going to make my train. So she gets the card out and, 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 and she's, and she's, uh, you know, looking, she sees her number and sees where they're at. You know, uh, brother DeWeese is calling out the numbers. And she's, she, she's, she's seeing, oh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make this healing line. I could wait, but then I'll miss my train. And she looked at my mama and she said, you know, Jerry, she said, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to make the healing line. And I came specifically to get rid of this goiter. I'm not going home with it. And she said, uh, but you know, Oral's not the healer. Brother Roberts is not the healer. Jesus is. And said, Jesus is here. I can tell he's here and we're in, we're, we're in, you know, further back in the tent, but Jesus is here. And so I'll just take my healing now and catch my train. And she said, Jesus, my mother sitting there looking at her, she said, Jesus, I take my healing now, my goiter. And she put her hand on her neck like this and kind of just like she was just wiping perspiration off in a way that motion. She just kind of did like this. Moved her hand, and when she did, the goiter was completely gone. My mother witnessed it. So Granny Hall said, is it gone? It feels like it's gone. What do you, what do you think? They were this real matter of fact about it. What do you think? I think it's gone. What do you think? And, 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 uh, and my, mom, my mom's crying, and my grandmother's crying, you know, and they're saying, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. She goes, okay, good, I got what I came for. Grabbed her pocketbook, you know, praise God. Pocketbook. Her glory bun and her pocketbook. And she, bun is on the head in those days. Just so you get, don't confuse what that means. And she's got her pocketbook, and she heads to the cab. She's gonna, they had cabs stopping out there by the tent. And I get to go to the train. I got what I came for. Amen. Praise God. Now, a little more. A little more. You want to hear a couple more stories? So, uh, my, so a friend of mine, a uh, Pentecostal minister in Florida, told me recently of, uh, of a story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, and then one more about my grandmother, and then we're going to minister to you as the Lord leads us. Hallelujah. Who's ready for a miracle? Simple. It's, he, it's easy. God, God told Paul, my grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient today. A friend of mine told me just this week, this story. He said, my mother, now his mother just turned 95. Had her 95th birthday in Maine. You know where that is? It's up north. State of Maine. Praise God. And um, she's there and that's where they, it's where he grew up. 
members of Pentecostal Church. And uh, this is way back there, many years ago. And uh, she got diagnosed with cancer. Said, we can't do anything for you. Send her home, you know, to, uh, to die. Well, she'd gotten down to 70 pounds. Now, I'm telling you this story because I want you to know it's never too late. I said it's never too late. So, Sister Cushman is her name. Says, Sister Cushman, husband was a Maine lobster man. He had a lobster boat, went out, set lobster traps, caught lobsters. And uh, so just a good, hardworking man, member of the church. Sister Cushman's got cancer. She's home in the bed dying of cancer. 70 pounds. Eyes sunk back in the head. Ashen gray color. It's just days. She's days, days away from death. Well, the pastor of the church, the little church of God there in the community, he said, uh, well, it's Wednesday night. He says, well, but said, normally we have Wednesday night prayer meeting here, you know, at the church. Just you know, a small, small church, just a handful of people, a dozen or so. Said, uh, but tonight I feel like we ought to go over to the Cushman's. I'm going to go to Sister Cushman's. Hallelujah. I love this. It just, this is the way that our faith should look. Said, we're going over to Sister Cushman's. We're just going to have church in their living room. We can all fit in there. So uh, they called Brother Cushman. Said, do uh, you think it would be all right if we have church at your house? He said, bring them on. Let's do it. So they come in there. And they got their accordion and tambourine, whatever, you know. And they start, they're just going to have church like we have church. So Wednesday night church, prayer meeting. So, you know, they just sing a few songs, read a few scriptures, and pray. Actually pray in the actual prayer meeting. Actual prayer there at the prayer meeting. So, uh, sometimes you have a prayer meeting there's no prayer. It's just talk about prayer. So, here they come. The prayer meeting. And... Uh, they sang the songs and uh, took a little offering, everything they did. Said, well, it's time for prayer. Said, Brother Cushman, would you bring Sister Cushman in? We're going to pray for her, just the saints and the pastor. Anoint with oil. Praise God. So they went and got her. Thank God. There's always been people that believe God. Always. Always. They're not all famous, you know. And uh, so they brought her, brought her forward. Into the living room. And said, he said, I'll never forget my dad bringing my mother. He told me this just last week. Here's my dad bringing my mother in. In his arms. She's seated, you know, his legs over his arm. He can carry her because she's so down to 70 pounds, skin and bones. Brings her in, sits her in a chair. She's got on a house coat. One of them kind with a zipper up the front, you know, all the way. Praise God. House coat. Anybody remember those? Some of you came to... Dressed in that tonight, didn't you? It's a, 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 no, I'm kidding. I think I saw one in the lobby. I'm kidding. So, I've been to that church where they wear that. So, here they, here, here's got the, you know, the legs over the arm, carrying her in a house coat. Put her, put it on her, set her there in the chair. She, she's just sitting there lifeless. 
She can't move. She's just staring. That glaze people get. You ever seen that glaze over their eyes? Like they just can't take anymore. And she's sitting there. They prayed for her. Them little Pentecostal people laid hands on her. Anointed with oil. Prayed for her. The power of God hit her. Amen. She felt in her body. She was healed of that plague. And it wasn't too long. I mean, just right immediately she felt better. She felt strength. She started eating. She started, she started uh, uh, walking around. Her strength regained. She just celebrated her 95th birthday. Same brother, fellow minister, same brother told me, and we prayed on this one, had a nephew that just during the holidays was in Melbourne, Florida, out there on a jet ski, you know. And uh, the throttle on this particular model, you know, they need to recall this particular one, but the, the throttle will stick sometimes. Throttle stuck, he couldn't get it off. Heading for the dock, hit the dock. His little girlfriend, down face down in the water. They did fish her out. And she's recovering in a wheelchair, but uh, from broken bones and all kinds of things. But he hit the deck and, and it did, it did, it, he hit it in such a way that it, you know, shut off everything. Brain damage. Took him to the emergency ICU. This is just 60 days ago. 60 days ago as of Friday night. Took him to the ICU, kept him there on life support. The doctor said, well, in a week we'll be pulling the plug. I just thought I'd let you all know. He's brain dead, so much damage, his body's busted up, he'll never recover. Young man, 19 years old, something like that, said he's done. He, feel, he feels called to the ministry. Hallelujah. Studying for the ministry. Uh, sing uh, and, and, and write songs and just talented young man in a church in, in, in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. And then all this happens. Suddenly, family is just devastated. There's shining hope. Looks like he's gone. A tragic accident. Devil's a liar, folks. The doctor said, that's it. You might as well prepare. Get the relatives to come say goodbye. That's it. He's gone. It's a matter of just, you know, deciding when to pull the plug. And they said, we don't receive that. Because we serve Jesus. And this is not God's will. And Jesus has got a plan for this boy's life. And it isn't to end it at 19, hitting the dock. The stupid jet ski throttle. So he says... We're going to believe God. And uh, that was 60 days ago as of Friday night. He's up. He's walking. He's talking. He's playing the guitar. He's eating. He's fully recovered. Now it's just a matter of the bones that were broken to heal. Praise God, he's going to be fine. I've got something to say to some of you. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I don't care what the, de- the, the devil said. 
I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the rehab people are saying. I don't care what the medical treatment people are saying. I don't care what the prognosis is. I don't care what the blood count is. I don't care what the CAT scan shows. I don't care about all that. The only thing that matters is Jesus is your healer. And there's a healer in the house today. If you've got any kind of a tumor, growth, not bump, lump, spot, or whatever that, you know, is, is, is not supposed to be there causing concern. Come here now. Because I'm gonna speak to it. And we ain't having it anymore. These Egyptians, <laughs> that you see this day, you will see them no longer. We'll add to this, dear God, we'll add to this hernia. Glory to God. I'm not doing too bad on my timing, am I? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's easy. It's easy. So I want to, I want everybody to get in on this. Where's our healing team people? Can we get?